Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the only podcast that my mother is aware even exists. Every week we will cover a variety of news, discussions, and recommendations with hopes to destigmatize comics as a medium and inform our listeners of all the great experiences that await them. This week I have with me the ancient hunter of prehistoric earth, Megalodon. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And the horse-looking alien who is deemed worthy, Beta Ray James. Yeah, cool. Be- cool to be here, man. Yeah. <laughs> The horse Sorry. looking <laughs> weirdo. Stop doing weird stuff. <laughs> yes, it totally is. I like it. I'm the uncomfortableness well. is uh, the fumes are great. Um, we feed off of it. All right. <laughs> That's how we, we sustain do. our life force. Right to the me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I'm going to go ahead and start off right out of the gate talking about uh, Comic-Con at home. Last week I said I wanted to watch some videos and talk about it. And so every year, for those who don't know, Comic-Con, uh, whether, you know, when before it was, you know, digital the last two years, they had a variety of panels about movies, shows, toys, and lots of nerd pop culture types of things. But that's not what I want to focus on, mostly because I'm not super interested in some of those things. But I want to focus on some of the panels and ideas that don't get a lot of attention from the mainstream. And so the set of panels that I checked out happened the first evening mostly, and they are mostly about education, um, teaching and learning with comics. Oh, what was that? Ice maker. What the fuck? Was it the ice maker? Uh, oh, okay. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> so some of the panels I checked out were teaching and learning with comics, content through comics, teaching STEM and humanities with graphic novels. Graphic novels are the new textbooks. The power of graphic novels to support youth literacy. And yes, they're teaching with these now creating and publishing comics with the lesson plan in mind. Clearly I have an educator background. If those (laughs) were the things that I watched without going into too much detail, you will be able to find uh, links to all of those videos on our VF comics blog cast is what I'm calling it. Um, Until I come up with a much better name. I got really lazy and just added blog instead of pod. Um, And that is all on VF comics podcast.com. And I'm going to do a little breakdown of each of these. Um, And while I enjoyed these panels a bit, I find them, I find, uh, while I enjoyed these panels a bit, I found them lacking in substance and preparation for something that's supposed to be a really big deal. And Meg, I think you had a somewhat similar experience. Yeah, I definitely did. I, I think that and, you know, part of it is probably because um, they know that it is online. You know, they don't have to actually get up in front of people. And um, and I don't know how many panels there normally are. I mean, this felt incredibly saturated. So I don't know if they had more to try and compensate for the lack of in-person participation. And if maybe that's sort of part of the problem. But yeah, it definitely felt, what I watched definitely felt... Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to throw them under the bus, but it felt ill-prepared, especially considering um, what they were promising in the description. Well, so. I, I, I'm i not saying you're throwing them under the bus, but tell us what that panel was. Because you know, what, what <laughs> I, I do want to talk about okay. is 
What I do want to talk about is what we expected versus what we got yeah. and what we would like to see. So what panel did okay. you check out? Well, the first one that I started on was Psychology and Pop Culture and Empirical Adventure. And because that was the one I was most excited about. And uh, the panelists were, it just wasn't great, honestly. And I feel bad about saying that, but I I wasn't a hundred percent clear even what the studies were supposed to be about. And I presenters like, uh, like researchers or creators. Yeah, they were. And they, Yes, they were researchers, and um, I think a couple of them had PhDs. And so I expected it to be pretty good. Um, they, they've they written a book, and so I expected them to kind of know what they were talking about, but it felt like they were just severely underprepared and weren't really taking the panel all that seriously. It felt more like a conversation between three people than a presentation, which is not what you want from this kind of panel. Well. And, you know, I know usually Comic-Con and from panels I've been to at comic conventions, they usually are like engaging with the audience in things like these, but also trying to inform. And I found a very similar situation in pretty much all the panels that I mentioned earlier and that these people didn't know what they were doing. They were very qualified to be there. But I think that... Not a lot of not a lot was put into structuring the presentation, and it was more like bullet points, which works for us because we have to do this every single week. So we kind of have to. I don't have a lot of time. I'm working a full time job and trying to build all this up. But when you have a very large and at a San Diego Comic Con is the biggest convention in the world, I believe at this point in terms of. Comics it is the ultimate stage even. if you're talking about that particular topic. Yes. And so you would hope to see something structured, prepared early. I know when Randy Duncan, a professor who came, uh, who is in Arkadelphia and is a pioneer in comic studies, when he did something for CALS, the Central Arkansas Library System, he was just coming to talk and I wanted him to talk a little bit about something and I didn't give him a lot of guidance and he prepared a like set of slides and an actual presentation to structure what he wanted to talk about that day. And that's not something I saw out of a lot of these. Yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah, Which was surprising. Yeah, I can't believe that that would happen at Comic-Con. I would, anytime you have a professor, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a PowerPoint. So, you know, the, the, no. the two go together like peanut <laughs> yeah. butter and jelly. So, and, and, you know, you could argue that maybe, especially even last year that these were, they were, you know, last minute it was decided to cancel it. So you had to restructure and they were all working jobs too, but they kind of knew this has been coming for a bit. They decided Comic-Con at home was going to happen a while back because there's a lot of time and prep put into this thing. I, I agree with you. There, I, you know, I found some interesting things in the conversation, but I've forgotten about most of it because of sometimes the drag on the conversation mm-hmm. had lots of just spaces where they weren't sure where they were going or how they were going to talk about it. Um, sometimes as if the people hadn't even met before again, professor Duncan and I met for two hours before our panel that we did that James, you were there for. I had never met him before. I'd contacted him out of the blue. He agreed to do it, but we met and talked and got to know each other and each other's rhythm before <laughs> doing a panel for just a little whole library. Um, 
So that's a super shame. If I knew we were going to be shitting um, all over academics, I would have brought my own PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That could have been a part of the video on our YouTube. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're definitely in, I think, a like mind about that. Um, but here's what I want to actually, actually, actually ask you guys about, too, is that if this is the standard for these digital panels. And again, I don't remember really, really watching last year's a whole lot. What would you prefer to see? Is there like a certain structure or things that you would like to see? And I'll go ahead and go first to kind of give you an idea of what I'm looking at. So in one of my panels was, let's see here. Yes. They're teaching with these now creating and publishing comics with the lesson plan in mind. Um, or even uh, graphic novels or the new textbooks. As someone with an education background, one thing I had to go to a lot of were what are called professional developments, where we go and we have to learn about some new crap. James, I know you know exactly what that is, and you've done those too. Um, Megan, I'm not sure if you've been to a lot of those uh, professionally. Uh, well, my but, mom's a teacher, so oh, I know your mom is are. a teacher. <laughs> one of my my favorite things that my favorite professional developments I ever went to, I would leave with something that I could use in my classroom the next day, something that was hands-on. Um, even if it wasn't, you know, like, you know, lots of manipulatives and things, even if it was like a paper lesson plan and they demonstrated that lesson plan and gave me something that was, I could use right away that I didn't have, it wasn't just a bunch of theories and ideas thrown at me and then figure out how to use these things. And so in these education panels, I would like to see practical um, applications and materials that maybe the audience could get to practice these things rather than just talking about the theories of them. Um, we can talk about theories all day, but most people are going to walk away from this not aware of how to use it. They're like, that is a great idea, but they still don't know where to start. Not really. I mean, definitely something more memorable than what I saw. I agree. With, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not, I know that's not a nice thing to say. Um, yeah, I like the idea of coming away from it with something, you know, almost tangible that you can do with the information you've been given. I honestly just needed with what I, with the psychology and pop culture one, I literally just needed explanation. Like I needed them to actually talk about what they were supposed to be talking about. Like actually teach me. I actually want to learn and I want it to be taken seriously. So they didn't provide any type of materials, any uh, PDFs or anything like that. One of my education ones did, but the panels were so unmemorable that Uh, I did not write down which one. And because I was only half listening at that point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah pretty and that no. pretty much and that's I, that's something i'd i'd want to see going to that that's something i would provide for people if i was doing something and that's something that just uh granted randy duckin has written books and it's very informed on making comics a legitimate degree field to go into uh, comic studies but you know he j- doing just little things he comes prepared with that sort of content and so it was weird seeing the biggest comic book stage in the world flail at this. So yeah. Boo. 
Shaboo. That's bad. <laughs> I shouldn't boo. So, I shouldn't uh, boo. These are all professionals well, who know, you know a lot more than me, and they're very qualified. I just. I, I did watch the Masters of the Universe um, panel that I talked to you guys oh, about in the previous episode. We are definitely going to talk about. Oh yeah, Masters of the Universe. We're getting in a into little that. Bit. So or, that I, I, I did. I thought that one was a little bit better. I thought that. Parts of it were a little awkward. It was basically an interview. Uh, the, but Kevin Smith was basically interviewing some of the actors. Um, and so some of the cuts were kind of awkward. Like, I don't know. It, it it did feel a little bit just kind of thrown together. But I did enjoy that a little bit more than the other panel. And that's so. the thing is I've noticed some of these where it's like we've had a year of digital content and they're still struggling to figure out how to make that look. And I'm like. You guys do this for a living. Why? I know. Why I you do know. That? So, but we will. So I think we've gotten out of our stomachs what we want to see, which that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I'm going to cut it out. out so I'm going to move stomachs. on. Um, <laughs> but so I do want to talk about Masters of the Universe, but I first want to talk about, they let everyone know that there is a, and Megan, James, you are going to have to take on this because I, my Masters of the Universe knowledge, and I'm so sorry for this, comes from the Dolph Lundgren film. Um, and um, Courtney Cox was there. <laughs> and that that's my experience with it. Not, I mean, and I, I love several other 80s cartoons. It's just not one that hit me. But I want to start off with there is a comic coming out that's connected to the Netflix show, correct? Yeah, it's, it's the official prequel yeah, it's already out. for Masters of the Universe. Yep. What what's it about? Uh it just kind of leads up to the uh to the beginning of the uh the first episode of the show. Yeah, I was wondering like okay, so during the show there's a lot of flashbacks and I wonder if some of these uh if that graphic is going to be about those flashbacks because it kind of felt like that it was kind like of a that was like missing content like kind of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, from what I looked at, it, it looked like that could have been possible, but I I don't know. I haven't read it. Okay, and then uh, is this a synopsis here that you wrote? I'm gonna read it. I think uh, yeah, the synopsis for the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So following a a vicious Orlax attack on his father, King Randor, He-Man learns the creature is linked to the origin of the Sword of Power. To save Randor and put an end to the chaos, He-Man embarks on an epic journey that pits him against his longtime foes Skeletor and Evelyn, and sees Tila take the reins of a powerful legacy. Did you see it? Evelyn. Evelyn. Kind of a, Evelyn's kind of a weird bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> Evelyn. Bad guy. Now. Man, evil you do not evil. Evelyn. It's like evil that's just straight up Lynn. her name. It's is evil. evil Lynn. I mean, you got to know you're the bad guy at that point, right? It's an '80s cartoon. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, there was also a man, and uh, I don't know, man. But where did you get that? I mean, it's evil dash Lynn. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, yes, <laughs> Evelyn. Yeah, Skeletor and Evelyn. <laughs> Maybe I just like poking at you guys. Anyway, no, you just did. You just so didn't yeah, know what you were talking about? This no, I was totally. Po- I knew totally what I was talking about. Um, we even had a discussion about this at work. You were like, "Is her name actually?" <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we already like, did. Yeah, we- actually, Evil Lynn. I was like, "Yeah, that's that's uh, that's, that's her name, name Evil Lynn." I okay. can't explain it. That's so, just that's what it is. 
Can't yeah. was can't wait to see Beast Man, Skeletor, and Evelyn fight He Man. Evelyn. <laughs> I need you um, some time to take a look at all of the She-Ra characters and how obvious all of their names are, because it's delightful. I think that's He-Man and 80s toy cartoons mm-hmm. in a nutshell, mm-hmm. though. And it's just like, ah, oh, this mean, one's yeah. a giant blue robot. We'll call him Blue Bot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's good. Okay. So that book's coming out and it's connected to this show. And I know Megan, you've already kind it's of come out. It's criticized out. like these. Yeah. The, how many episodes is it for the first season? The, uh, there's five. There's going to be a part two, but five so far. So hopefully the book doesn't get as much criticism as the show, but the show has gotten some criticism from people who would call themselves uh, He-Man fans. Uh, what's the deal? Why are people upset? I think we're. I think if you're going to watch it, we're past spoiler alert time, uh, where we can talk openly about it. Especially at only five episodes, uh, that's a that's a pretty much a one night sit down to watch. Why are people upset? Or I'm trying to say people. I don't generalize. Why are some people upset? Well, they are upset because there's not a lot of He-Man in the series, and. Uh, it's very much based around Tila. Uh, they see it as like an affront to their masculinity that uh, that uh, He-Man is not more right. prominently featured in the show. Just these right people, the game, game. I love that you said <laughs> These people are known as He-Man babies. They... Uh, I'm so happy right so, now. So, <laughs> is it is it just the cast of the little rascals all grown up, the He Man Woman Haters Club, or is it more it's, than uh, that? I mean, <laughs> you, you know, whenever <laughs> people dig into the history of He Man and you know talk about the cartoon and everything, and you know what they think artistically it should be or whatever. I mean, come on, man. You know, we. Yeah. You know, people of my generation got into He-Man when we were very young. It was a fun thing. It was entertaining to children. I can tell you that even as a child, whenever I watched the He-Man cartoon, I knew it sucked. But, (laughs) you know, I just don't understand that level of anger over something like this and especially to drag in, you know, those usual catchphrases like, you know, social justice warrior, uh, you know, woke he man and stuff like that. I mean, once you, once you throw out those terms, I stop listening usually. And I mean, if every complaint that these that these types of situations elicit. Most of the times, these guys who are complaining about something, they're participating in a long a long running issue that's happened in comics, which is that you know people don't like change, and if you could just articulate your feelings about change without blaming other people or making it political or, you know, you know, trashing women or whatever, you know, 
it would be it would be much better for him. For example, you know, in this in this case, okay, He Man's pretty much not in the in, entire, you know, first five episodes. That if you were expecting to see He Man and you were a He Man fan, I can maybe understand why you would be a little bit upset about it. But then I think, well, this thing isn't over with. This is a long-form story. You don't know when He-Man may be coming back or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's just man-baby-ish. It's just ridiculous. I Honestly, I can sympathize with the basic emotional reaction. There have been plenty of things done, especially one of my favorite characters is Batman because I'm a basic... Uh, I'm a basic bitch. I love Batman. And there have been some things done with Batman that I'm not a fan of. And I used to blame and get frustrated about it. And then I was like, you know what? Like I kept meeting people who did enjoy it. And I'm like, you know what? Who cares? Like I've got my things that I enjoy you. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a mummy t-shirt like right now. I love this movie. The mummy is so, so good to me. But there's a lot of people who think it's trash. And you know what? You know, everybody's got their own thing that they really like and enjoy. And every time someone to try to tell me what I love is trash, I realized that I was being and it made me feel bad. And then that's what I was doing to other people by crapping on this because or crapping on anything that they liked that I didn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Enjoy the ride or get off. Like if someone doesn't like the uh, my thing i would say to someone who doesn't like the new he-man cool and stop watching it there's uh multiple masters of the universe cartoons out there that have told great stories that you can go back and watch there's so much out there for you this one show maybe just it's weird that comics is kind of like uh i guess the most similar it is to is its closest cousin is soap operas they're like you know, they're kind of yes. like dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's soap operas, but like uh, on General Hospital, some of the people can shoot lasers out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of silly at a certain point. And, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, let's just say Apocalypse Now movie. I'm not expecting there to be an Apocalypse Now 2. I'm not expecting it to be turned into a into a TV show and to entertain me with, you know, apocalypse now content until I die. You know, <laughs> it's like, I can be a, I can be a fan of something that has happened in the past a movie. Perhaps it's a, uh, a comic storyline that is, uh, that is run in the past. You know, that is my X-Men or that is my Superman or whatever, you know, taking this ownership of it and then expecting it to be exactly what you want for the rest of your life, considering also that it's a corporate owned property is just ridiculous. Hmm. You just can't, you, yeah. you just can't hold on to something like that. And if you do, you're just going to be upset and sad and frustrated for the you're gonna you it's not worth the emotional thing, especially because at the end of the day, when it comes to like comics and these sorts of things, they don't really matter. 
Um, and then anyone who talks about like progressiveness in cartoons or comics clearly to me, isn't a fan of like comics history or aware because comics sci-fi and that sort of stuff has always been the more progressive mediums. You've seen things there that you wouldn't see in mainstream. So don't tell me that your comics and cartoons haven't been progressive. Get out of here. Like you've been ignoring it. So just ignore if you, if you do think that that means you've ignored it or didn't like it. So just ignore, not like this too. this stink that you're causing this toxic fandom that you're creating. Yeah. Is just it's like Rage Against Machine well, especially- fans being angry, you know, because you know, one of the Rage Against the, the, the Machine, one of the members said something really political, you know, and it's like, gosh, I wish they, they would leave politics out of their music. Uh, dude, it's been there the entire time. What machine did they? I saw that. And what machine did you think they were raging against? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. Megan, you were going to say something? I was going to say, well, especially since we've only seen part one. I mean, yeah, people five are episodes. so upset about five, like, half-hour episodes. episodes. At this point, at this point, this part, these people have decided that this is a deal-breaker. I hope He-Man dies and he never comes oh back. God. And Eternia <laughs> is run by uh, Tila Tequila or whatever her name what? is. And that's what happened. That's what you said her name was on here is Tequila. Tila. That is in Tila fact, tequila. Her name is Tila. I don't know where the tequila is coming from. T-E-E-L-A. Yeah, just so I mean, it, if anyone doesn't know, if anyone hasn't watched and hasn't been keeping up with this, it, just so you know, like how big the divide is between the uh critic score and the audience score on I mean, obviously Rotten Tomatoes kind of sucks, but the <laughs> the critic score for this the show is 96%. And the audience score is 37. So there's a huge discrepancy there. When stuff like that to me always makes me be like, oh, great. I'm going to watch it. I don't, I'm not super interested in He-Man. Now I'm going to watch it. It's a corporate owned entity. And they know if they lose some for that, they're going to gain others for that. Like, so congratulations, guys. You got a new fan out of me. And I can't wait to. In fact, that's I'm going to watch it tonight. Screw do it. it. It's good that's, stuff. I'm definitely going to do it tonight. I it's cannot wait. I will let y'all know what I think about it okay. next week. It should be great. Ooh, it's going to be an exciting week. I'm going to get to watch that. And then we're going to watch The Suicide Squad this coming weekend. Yes. Um, so, anyway. So, <laughs> so I'm, we're going to go ahead and move on. Because I think that all of us are. It's one of the few times we're on the same page about something. And it's about toxic, toxic fandoms. If you like toxic fandoms, then um, I don't want you to listen to our podcast because you're going to hear us talk crap about that crap regularly. I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's like I'd love for people to listen to us. (laughs) Hate Um, watch us. Um, yeah, if you want to hate watch, I mean, I hate watch Batman v Superman a second time. You can hate watch, you can hate listen to the VF Comics podcast because we are going to. Lean yeah, we're, towards we're okay with like not liking those sorts of toxic fandom crap craps. Anyways, so this past week I made our first post on the VF Comics blogcast. I'm very, very excited about it. You can go check it out at VFcomicspodcast.com. But it is for a book that 
The Kickstarter ends this week. They still got a ways to go. And it is one of the best indie Kickstarters I've ever seen. Because, And when people say indie, there's still usually a large team working behind it. Like I think technically Boom and Boom Studios and stuff like that are considered indie comic publishers um, at times. But they're still organizations and corporations like even bad idea is a large group of very talented people who are well connected. This comic and it's called curses is made by an, um, the artist is an Arkansas native, Jacob Fleming and the writer for the series is Yosef. I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Yosef uh, Castile. And it looks incredible. I cannot believe that Jacob has done all the art for this. It's so detailed and they want to keep putting out more and more issues. I I just can't get over it. Um, so it's centered on two friends, Megan and Rosa, who are our only chance to stop um, a powerful mummy curse. Self-described as a horror comedy with a little bit of clerks and maybe as a little bit Shaun of the Dead-esque. Like I said before, the most grabbing point for me has been the art because I haven't read even the first issue yet. That is what the Kickstarter is for us for the first three issues. And it's at a really reasonable price. And James, it's at such a reasonable price that one of the Kickstarter tiers is for a comic shop uh, copies for you to sell. And so I backed that tier. So James, if they meet their thing, you're going to get five issues, uh, five copies of issues one, two, and three with mummy curses stickers um, to sell at your shop. That be around by Halloween. Yes, the October is the release nice. date. This is going to be the perfect Halloween book. I cannot wait. Um, I am working on getting in contact with the artist and illustrator because even if they can't uh, meet the, if for some reason they don't meet their Kickstarter goals, I still want it. I still want it sold at your shop. And I, I want to read this book. And they're already planning issues four, five, and six. This looks to be either a mini series or ongoing if they can get the kind of funding they're looking for, um, which will be really cool. Did either of y'all have a chance to check it out? Yeah, it looked great. It was really, yeah, it, I mean, the art was beautiful. I'm excited about it for sure. The art kind of gave me some like um, paper girls vibes. Yeah. Also, the, you get a sticker when you buy some of the tiers. And I yeah, there's a really sticker. cool, cute, like mummy <laughs> head sticker it. that comes with it. <laughs> um, but you will be able to find the link in our podcast description for that Kickstarter, and you will find the link on our blogcast at vfcomicspodcast.com. I just want people to visit and say hi because we have a comment section. Please say we hi. Do. So yeah, so I'm really, really excited about that, James. Hopefully, it's here by October. Um, and I will let you know going forward when that gets here. Uh, but yeah, it was like, like I said, the prices for the tiers for three issues and it's physical, you get physical and digital versions of each issue. Um, the prices for the tiers are so reasonable. Um, I wish I had $500. If you pay 500, you get a lot more stuff and they'll also include your likeness in the issues four, five, and six. Um, but no one wants to see an overweight bearded guy in it. So I, and I don't have $500, so that's not happening. James, you got $500 you want to give $500? Uh, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> wow. Rude ass 
jerk. Um, so for the last thing we're going to do today is James is going to give us our big recommendation. And I, I think I remember the title, but I can't remember the ending of the word for the title. So I don't want to mess this up like I normally do. So James, for our recommendation of the week, go for it. Okay. Um, I, uh, read the second issue of barbaric this week just came out uh, from vault studios, Michael Marecki, a really great book. I uh, mentioned it earlier. Um, whenever I made a recommendation for, uh, for the first issue, uh, I was kind of interested to see, you know, how things were going to go with the second issue. It really topped itself. Uh, this book is Great. Uh, we have a barbarian, very much a traditional barbarian, the type of barbarian who destroys and pillages and all that, who has been pretty much forced to do good, just basic moral good. Uh, the uh, creature who sort of, or entity that makes sure that he's doing that is his axe. So he has an axe that talks to him and it drinks blood and it only wants to, to drink blood of the people who deserve it. So, so the, the blood drinking axe. Yeah. Is and, and there's a, okay. and it creates a really yeah, funny dynamic be, awesome. between mm-hmm. the, the two because it's like the barbarian really just wants to be a barbarian, do his thing. And he's cursed. He can't, you know, really do anything about it. He, uh, in this issue, he, toward the end of the last issue, he, we had a, a new character enter into the fold, a sort of co- co-lead for him, uh, who was a necromancer, a girl who is uh, on the run from a, I guess you would call it a death cult, something along those lines. Um, we're still trying kind of, figuring out what their motivations are, but it's a really interesting dynamic of old school barbaric man and young, uh, uh, more modern sensibility female. (laughs) And, uh, just imagine, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You and your SJW books out here. Like, well, Oh my God. I I, I figure if they, I think if our audience has made it through our pretentious discussion of uh, comic book uh, panels based on psychology and all the other things, <laughs> He-Man and such, if they made it this far, they're doing good. So anyway, yeah, it's a great book. Um, really fantastic art. It's been, you know, it, it, it was definitely my first first grab whenever new comics came in. This is, you know, it it gives you what you would want from a barbarian book, you know, as far as the killing and maiming and sword and sorcery type situations. But um, there's a little sly undertow to it, you know, so it's it's, it's really kind of kind of subversive almost in its own way. It's definitely lining up to be, you know, one of the best books that I'm currently reading. I mean, I can feel that the momentum building with this book, 
so I really recommend it to folks. And that was issue two just came yep. out. Do you have copies of issue one? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, uh, getting reprint. Yeah, probably. Well, Vault's weird about that, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I can break it more. Yeah, because that actually sounds really, really awesome, and it's. You know, sometimes it's hard to find and hop onto a series at its starting point and sometimes until it's too late. So this seems like a really cool series to hop on. Yeah, Vault is really um, tearing and, it up right now. They they also have Blue Flame that I've been reading recently. That's oh, really yeah, you good. were really excited about that. You've recommended that before. Yeah. yeah and they had a new one from Colin Bunn come out this week. The last book you'll ever read. And I'm... I'm excited to check that one out there. It's always a uh, an intriguing offering from them. So I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it feels like... I love Cullen. I know Marvel and DC sell the most, but a lot of these indie studios are putting out some of the best stuff on the market easy, like without competition. Um, and James, I can only... Honestly, every time I try to picture what you're describing with the barbarian, I'm just picturing you like a loincloth <laughs> and a giant talking axe. Okay, cool. Like you just... You have a... Bob- barbaric sense of air about you. All right. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, I do have Excellent. the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So there is that. Essentially, <laughs> luckily this is a podcast and no one can question that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have that ready by the time we get on video and you'll be fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, It'll be I'll fine. start doing my setups. <laughs> yeah, me too, buddy. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right, James, thank you so much for that cool recommendation. I hope that you're able to get more copies of issue one. I'd now want to check out that book and honestly vault in general as a publisher. And that's going to be it for us this week here at the VF comics podcast. If you like what you heard, you should subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you like to listen to us. We also post all of our podcasts on YouTube and everything is always streaming at our website, www.vfcomicspodcast.com. If you did not like what you heard, tell your enemies about us. Wouldn't you want to piss them off too? But I doubt anyone who didn't like what they heard today is even still listening at this point, like you said earlier, which is just a shame. You're both just staring at me. I love you need it. to remember we're in Arkansas. Yeah, man. it's fine. I'm sorry. We are in Arkansas, one of we the are. worst vaccination rate we states. Are. And that's a conversation. Hey, uh, we're not talking about that. That's a conversation for us. <laughs> that's itself. not what this podcast is about. Um, yeah. Anyways, and my, well, oh, thank yeah. you so much again. And Marcus, <laughs> uh, my views do not re- reflect the views of retrograde comics and other artifacts. Um, it's own distinct entity. So, okay. Um, and oh. your views do reflect the views of VF comics podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't say that, but I don't give a crap. Anyways, thanks again for listening to us. If you want to support us and help us on some of our projects that are coming out down the line, you can support us over at patreon.com slash VF comics podcast, but you don't have to all of our blog posts and every episode of our podcast will be available for free every single week. We'll see you guys next week.